All right, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Shank City Disc Golf. Um, this is going to be Gemdisc official podcast. We kind of had a one earlier this year, like a couple weeks ago, a week ago, about Gannon Burr's lawsuit where I sat in this room and I talked about Gannon Burr and the legal troubles that he was in um, and technically still is in. So this is Christopher. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to talk about uh, the Las Vegas Challenge, winners and losers, um, and just kind of have a discussion about it. We'll see where this goes, see if you guys like it. Um, first things first, Chris, I know you caught up today. Um, what were your first impressions? What did you think about it? Uh, I was uh, pretty astounded by how much the top 30 changed and how quickly that leads me to believe the conditions were super bad, like I could see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would have been putting with an upside-down tilt from anything over five feet. I would have not been having fun out there. <laughs> I, can't, I don't believe that I would have maybe finished. would have gone and gambled with my health elsewhere. But <laughs> um, yeah. it did look like was rough. there was a couple of good rounds where it wasn't crazy windy. Maybe one of the courses just wasn't quite as affected. I didn't get to dive too much into to the full wind conditions, but those flags were a flying. They were not limp. Totally. By any means. I think it was interesting for sure. I mean, the wind certainly played a factor. I think it was like the second or third day. It was much, much better. I think Anthony Barella shot like 10 down and was like in the lead um, because I think it was second or third down. He was, it looked like he was going to run away with his tournament. And then that last day, it just, everything kind of blew up and it became a, a two horse race just as a heads up we are going to talk about spoilers obviously we're going to talk about who won we're going to talk about who lost um so if you haven't watched that yet you haven't seen the jomez post produced make sure you go watch that so you can kind of comment down below tell us what your thoughts and opinions are on this um yeah also for people that weren't did don't follow along on your youtube channel or instagram too hard i actually was down there and i was playing I only played three of the four days because I wasn't good enough to play the fourth. But uh, the conditions were windy. It was terrible. I uh, had a couple of holes that I three-putted, and I normally do not do that. It was super frustrating. <laughs> it was really yeah. frustrating. I'm, I'm, very, uh, I'm very glad I didn't join you. <laughs> I was having a blast getting stuck in the snow in another part of Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, the winner, we'll talk about MPO first, and then we'll touch on FPO a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, but the winner was Calvin Heimberg, former winner of Las Vegas Challenge. Really nice to see him have a kind of a comeback, come from behind victory. Um, that was really incredible. It was If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's No one comes from behind in a tournament quite like Calvin. Uh he had something similar at USDGC, ended up going out of bounds on hole 17, but he was right there pushing for the win. It was really cool. Um, and for this one, it literally came down to the last hole. The last tee shot is what it came down to. It was oh, yeah. awesome. No, it was uh, pretty, pretty crazy watching through all of that. I was super excited at the end of the first round when I saw, you know, like Proctor, Withers, Barella, and Lazat. 
were all there, um, and Nate had touched on it too, but it was all guys that were throwing, you know, new bags. And I was like, this is perfect. Don't throw what you know, just throw new plastic. It's going to be a great business model. And then the end <laughs> results were clearly the people that had been throwing their plastic for quite some time and knew their discs. Yeah. I mean, so, I was very happy for them. I love been, Calvin. But... Who's been with their teams, like their, their respective manufacturers longer than Calvin Heinberg and Kevin Jones. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, even Ezra Aderhold to some point has, before he was, when he was a free agent and he was throwing an open bag, he threw nukes and he threw buzzes. He threw all of these discs that, yeah. you know, we, he's now contractually obligated to throw. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a super interesting point early on. I was excited to see how Withers and Proctored would do and Varela, because uh, if, from my opinion, it just seemed like if you were a pro, you could throw the most overstable disc and just fight the wind, get into position, overstable approach disc, and then have a putt. Um, but as people started getting more birdies, it became who could get that extra 20 feet, 30 feet to make that approach a little bit easier. And that's when knowing your bag, like Calvin Heinberg with a you know three-year-old destroyer, Kevin Jones with his, you know, four-year-old D2, that's when that comes into play. Um, it was pretty evident. Yeah. It's not so great for sales, cause, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's great. It's Especially great. for us, since yeah, we don't stock a lot of, <laughs> we don't stock a lot of Innova. We do stock no. Millennium, and I did notice yeah. that it seemed like Calvin Heinberg was throwing almost as much Millennium mm. as he was Innova. He yeah. was throwing the new, uh, what was it, like the Vela? Which is, it looks like a eagle, like a champion eagle clone. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's more known for throwing a certain disc, I feel like, than Calvin Heinberg throwing an eagle. And it looks like Millennium has made him a clone of that disc. He also threw the Draco a bunch of times. He threw the Quasar in a couple of different molds. Um, and then he would throw, like, the Juggernaut and some other stuff, which was really awesome to see. But... It was it was cool to see how it wasn't just he had one he didn't just have the Draco from Millennium that he was throwing. He is a sponsored Millennium player and he was throwing a few different Millennium discs, which I think is awesome for that company in particular and us cuz we do stock them. Yeah. Personally, I beg Millennium because it, I like Innova plastic and it's a cheap way for us to be able to throw it. Also, Infinite, we stock Infinite as well, which is Millennium or uh, in Innova plastic as well. Um, I wanted to talk about some notable placements. Uh, so Paul Macbeth being out of the top five, he was sixth. This is the biggest one for me. Gannon Burr being 30th, former second runner-up guy. And in my notes here, I have him as the, it's a weird terminology, but the lowest placed, highest ranked player, mm-hmm. right? So I think he came into the event third or fourth highest rated, and then he ended up taking 30th, which is a, a, just an astronomically big drop. Mm-hmm. Generally, with these players, you don't see deviations that large. Um, I mean, even top 15 would be a disappointment for him, but more understanding than 30th. I think for me, I, I think that comes into play of life being an issue for Gannon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's shown that he can throw in the wind, not really ever having a problem with it, but... When you're 17 years old and you're being sued by the person paying you money, mm-hmm. that that can't be good when you're trying to go out there and you're plan- trying to make good golf decisions. Um, that's what I that's that was my takeaway. Yeah, I mean, 
it just didn't look like he was happy with any of his approach shots in the first round. Yeah. And then definitely putting. Nobody nobody had a good time putting. <laughs> I mean, if you I want mean, to talk about people who've been with their companies for a long time, <laughs> technically Gannon with Prodigy is up yeah. on that list. Yeah. Um, but I do know that yeah. he had been thinking about leaving Prodigy, so maybe he had been putting with other putters. Yeah. Maybe he had been approaching with other approach discs. Yeah. Um, and so when he had to go back for this tournament two days, three days bef- prior, four yeah. days prior, that probably was a hard shock. Yeah. Because um, being stuck with a disc that you're no longer really like in love with, I mean, you're not really going to throw it because when you're kind of already in your head, like, I'm done with this disc. I don't, like, I'm not going to make it perform like it used to. So, I mean. I do know also, personally, that I'm on the Facebook collector pages, and Gannon Burr was selling off a lot of his A2s, those purple A2s that he he won USDGC with. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's the fact that he, he sold off some of his moneymakers, and he had backups that he thought would perform exactly the same, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, a lot of speculation on that but it was interesting to see because he was the biggest underperformer of the tournament uh maybe besides ricky who didn't show up but <laughs> um it was you interesting can't, you can't to see. lose if you quit <laughs> can't lose if you quit that's a good point it's motto to take home kids <laughs> if you take your ball and leave you technically didn't lose yeah nobody loses <laughs> um Another notable, noticeable, uh, Simon Lazat, right? He, first round, did okay, made mm-hmm. it on to Jomez card, and was doing awesome. Yeah. Um, he ended up 47th, which was last cash. So he made the fourth day. He shot a 962 rated last round and barely was the last person to get paid. Which, if you're getting a million dollars a year, yeah. who cares if you get first or last? But I just thought that was super noticeable. Yeah. I mean, he, I noticed, or at least in everything that I was watching, uh, every time he made a putt, he looked very surprised. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know if that's, I mean, but I don't practice. So I'm like, that made it in? Oh yeah. Nobody is claiming that this is a good, good practice. I haven't put in the reps. That's for sure. That's why I put with like landmines or <laughs> something just ridiculous. Cause goofy. I, for the most part, my bag is full of just goofy discs that I like to let people get their hands on. Cause I don't get to play enough. I probably, <laughs> I probably put more time into like community service and building in the last six months than I actually have into playing or practicing. Yeah. Um, I thought about that the other day and I was like, yeah, I should probably <laughs> play a little more. <laughs> I'm outside all the time. It's hard yeah. to want to stay outside when it's cold or hot. Um, another noticeable couple of things. I noticed Jeremy Colling and Gavin Babcock did not complete the event. Mm-hmm. I actually, at the tournament, I saw Gavin, and he had rolled his ankle on a, like an approach shot in the middle of the fairway, and it was wrapped up, he had a brace on it, and he was in like crutches. I don't know what happened with Jeremy Colling, but I thought that was interesting. Personally, I was excited to see Gavin Babcock with his new bag. He's throwing Discmania, um, kind of replaced Simon, obviously not, but, you know, is that tour-level pro that they, they ended up signing? Um, just something of note. You got anything else in your notes? 
the one thing that I thought, or I guess the one player that I felt I could, uh, aside from Simon and being surprised about his putts actually going in, um, was Anthony Barella's upshot game was like on point. It was almost so good. as good as mine. So it was <laughs> way better than way better than yours. But no, yeah, no, no, it was very no, good. That's very debatable. Uh, all parts of my game is trash except for my approach, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I get a lot of comments on like, why aren't you better? <laughs> so I kind of touched on Gannon Burr being an underperformer at this mm-hmm. year's Las Vegas Challenge. I want to talk about an overperformer that uh, kind of jumped out at me. Zach Arlinghaas. Uh, he is 19, 20 years old. He's 1,008 rated. I couldn't actually find his actual birth date or age. Um, he's sponsored by Ledgestone and Discraft, and he got seventh place at the Las Vegas Challenge. I mean, this is a kid. He is rated really low. and com- Like, 1,008 is light years away of Paul McBeth of 1,050. Mm-hmm. Like, those are completely different players. And this child <laughs> is able to step up and get seventh place. Like, incredible. I do think that is, well, I mean, not to undersell what he did, but I think just with how crazy everybody, everybody's placement changed, like, I feel like there is a real crapshoot on how some of that was going, but But when you look real, at the top 10, 15, like, yeah, they all were names, crazy, they yeah. all names that you, were names that you knew, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, I didn't know this kid. That's why I wrote his name down. He deserved a shout out. Exactly. Very awesome. Oh, yeah. Um... Hot takes. What did you take away? Who do you think I Waco Charity Open is uh, next next week or the week after? It's the next tour. Um, who do you think is going to perform well based on what you saw? Who do you think is going to possibly take that down? Well, I mean, I feel like you can just say like Paul Macbeth and just play it safe like like you know it's like tom brady's gonna win the super bowl it's uh, (laughs) like you got a 50 50 there i actually i in my in my notes here i have paul mcbeth is to win waco because Mm -hmm. it's pretty rare Mm -hmm. he comes out takes seventh place and then doesn't get in the top three in the next tournament yeah i think his mental game and how hard he's gonna practice and get back out there yeah and like probably be first one on the course kind of thing um that's one thing that i've noticed and watching disc golf is he always seems to be one of the early people yeah when you see like early videos of (laughs) the event like people practicing like like, oh Smith, paul's always there paul already has two rounds in before we started our uh (laughs) started our practice round with nate and (laughs) nate and paul and (laughs) yeah he's definitely super meticulous about that yeah um my hot take is after watching this tournament my hot take is I think Kevin Jones is going to win a major this year. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes that we got to have a glimpse with the Gannon Burr thing. Um, but basically one of the lawyer's messages from Prodigy said, if Gannon leaves us, we won't have a superstar player. Yeah. And I think Kevin Jones looked at that and read that email and said, I, I took that personally. <laughs> kind of like that MJ, MJ meme. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, he really, really performed well. And it really came down to either a poor decision or poor execution on the 18th hole tee shot. Um, I think it was execution, which, if that's the case, happens, right? 
um, he threw it low off the tee and it got smashed. Um, but with winds like that, you throw. I'd rather throw it too low than too high. It's looked. Like, it looked like the miss to make for sure. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you you can easily throw it too high, like Calvin, and maybe his disc was more understable and it would have rolled into the lake. Yeah. Um, that's a hard decision to make. Yeah. It it looked at the moment unfortunate because that drop was crazy. It just got sheared, but it. I mean, there's another way to play that hole, and he could have done it, but didn't go his way. No, it didn't go. But his that way. being said. I think that lit a fire under him yeah. to to kind of show prodigy like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll show you, you know, yeah. I'll show you I'm not a superstar player. Um, and then have everybody just cheering for you when you almost just throw, throw it in, in from, from 200, 200 feet. That was sick. Oh yeah. 180. Oh. Yeah. But I mean, as we can all probably agree, you know, Calvin Heimberg, uh, crazy hair, don't care. I think somehow his hair looked more organized in this windy <laughs> event so good. than some of the others. And it's just like, do you have the winds working for you? Or it's like, how is your hair messier when it's not windy? But uh, they looked immaculate, too. Uh, the other point about the Kevin Jones winning a major <laughs> is that Last year, he started off really slow and then kind of picked it up and was a top 10 guy at the end of the year. And so if he's starting off second place this early in the season, it means that he's not going to have to get into form. It's He's already there. He's already throwing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will it should be one of those years where he kind of stays in the top 10, and that puts you in a position to, to do well. And no one can, has higher highs than Kevin Jones. That guy, can, is he can go off. Um, so that was my that was my hot take. I'm gonna put it out there for the YouTubes and yeah. we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I guess the one last other hot take is um, uh, Ezra Ezra Adderhold needs to stop working out so much because he's making me feel insecure. Chris I had to find my tightest shirt for this. Chris definitely felt a little insecure. <laughs> Rewatching some highlights, and I'm just like, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> like double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon, <laughs> like tight shirt, tight pants. I'm like, all right, I guess I got to see how I look in those and see if I've gotten worse than Ezra. And yeah, I have. I need to I'll probably go hit the gym after this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's let's flip it over to the FPO side. Um, I know you weren't as involved. I know you weren't like watching all of those. Um, but for me, it was Katrina Allen. She won by I think three or four strokes, and she was leading the tournament going into the round by like five strokes. So gave up a little bit, but still super comfortable win. Missy Gannon coming in second, and then new bag Holland Handley. She shot a ten sixteen final round, moved up a bunch of positions. Um, and Damn. she took third. Yeah, it was crazy. But interesting to note, Katrina Allen DGA, Missy Gannon, Discraft, and Holland Hamley is now Discraft. So Discraft Plastic in the top three for all FPO, which I thought was super interesting at this Las Vegas challenge. Oh, that sure. being said, Paige Pierce didn't play. Mm-hmm. Katrina, uh, Kristen Tatar didn't play. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Kristen Tatar and then... So for me, I don't think that tells us too much. You have the two, in my opinion, the two best, two of the three. I'm going to be careful with my wording here. Mm -hmm. Two of the three best FPO players not playing in the event. 
the third mm-hmm. best one that is playing should win the event. Yeah. Um, that's that's how that works. Um, but congrats to Katrina Allen. Oh, it was yeah. actually incredible. She just looked yeah. super poised the whole time. Uh, looked super smooth. Unlike me when I go and play. <laughs> so it's a trash fire. Noticeable um, things that I have in my notes here. Paige Shu switching from dynamic to discraft. 40th place out of cash. Former world champion, by the way. Mm-hmm. Evan Lena Solonen, who got 33rd place. No cash. That was actually her first event ever in the last two years. Not cashing. Breaks her cash streak. And then Owen Scoggins getting 8th place, which I think she was the highest rated woman going into today. Um, she also only got 8th place, which I think is a big underperform, especially with how good she puts. That being said, the wind makes it anybody's game, but yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Um, after Ooh. noticeables, I'm going to go to shoutouts. There's a the girl here, uh, Caroline Henderson. She's been playing three years. She is 902 rated. So that puts her at the 43rd best player out of that 57 per, uh, female field. Mm-hmm. What place did she get? I'm going to go with fourth. Ninth. She got Ninth. top 10. Oh, dude, that's still incredible. Incredible. Uh, incredible. Yeah, I, feel like me. Me. I feel like you I said, me. I feel like you said I set you up for failure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't study for this test. Am I wearing underwear? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Caroline, uh, Caroline Henderson, incredible. It looks like I was reading some articles about her. She is an up-and-coming smasher of a disc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so follow her on YouTube. And also Zach Arlinghaus. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you want to talk about with the Las Vegas Challenge, Christopher? Uh, Any hot takes that you got? I thought it was funny that the greens were painted. Cause... That's just, yeah. <laughs> It's the biggest thing. I'm, I'm sure it's the biggest thing. Yeah, they were explaining that when they were down there. It's when it gets too cold, so the grass dies and goes dormant. Oh, yeah. And so they just paint the greens. Oh, yeah. I it's mean, not even like a conserving water thing. Apparently, in the, this, the summer or whatever, they, they'll water them. No, I, I was just surprised at how much of the greens was painted instead of like doing kind of a dual line. Because where I grew up, all the golf courses would do that. So, they, they do like two lines so dude you're you up in see. washington yeah but there's eastern, so much more water up there eastern part and it doesn't get as cold yeah. high desert well the grass dies you get enough snow that when you can actually golf all right hot take christopher there. who's winning worlds who's winning worlds <laughs> first tournament in we're gonna put chris on on the mic here who's winning worlds i'm gonna go with kevin jones because He's he's a total bro. I love. He is a total bro. I love, I love, love him. I so love much. every video that has him in it. Uh, he seems like a really fun guy to just play with. Right. And uh, he also puts like me. So no, I, I putt like him. Yeah, I, I like Gary Griffey. Yeah. No. Why am I spacing out on that? I swear. Uh, well, I guess Guys, maybe he puts, I was just, he puts like Gary Griffey. He does not put like Gary. Whatever. Jones. Anyway, I can smash some beef jerky too. So. <laughs> Fair uh, personally, just as a little side note, Calvin and Kevin are my two favorite players. Um, Kevin, just because he's super relatable and likable, and Calvin, just because he's kind of a, like a quiet funny and has a head that looks like a mop. 
I think it's hilarious. Um, and just seems like both of them seem like genuinely nice guys. So for them to be one and two, two B, I guess, because uh, Ezra Aderhold also tied for second. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, he was like on chase, chase, chase card. It yeah. was he shot like eleven down or something silly. It was a ten seventy four rate around um, for him to move back into some second place, which is just absolutely bonkers. But um, for those two guys to be on the last lead card, last hole. I was I was happy regardless. It felt cool. Felt awesome. Yeah, and uh, I think maybe next year I'll uh, go out and potentially shoot a six hundred rated round. Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to. Somebody yeah. somebody's got to rock that party card, and maybe it'll be <laughs> me. <laughs> All right, guys, um, that's our podcast today. Shank City Disc Golf. Uh, if you liked it, comment, subscribe. Click that bell icon. Um, make sure you hit that thumbs up. And if you didn't like this, keep it to yourself. Yeah, we don't want to hear it. We have very insecure people. We're, we're very we're very insecure, and it's on the surface. It's very on the surface. <laughs> You'll hurt my feelings if you only hit it one like, and I know you're only able to hit one like. So like, right. like, dislike, then like it again. So well, it makes uh, me feel better. We'll hopefully do these once a week. After every pro tour, we'll we'll release this. Um, yeah, probably us... a little later because when I don't have a snow day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there'll be a lot less natural light. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, we have to wear more makeup. <laughs>